The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. One of the great truths of Scripture is that man by nature is dead in trespasses and in sins. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he writes that you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. He's telling us there in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 that by nature man is not a spiritual being. By nature man is not interested in the things of God. But rather, by nature, we are carnal, sinful, fallen creatures. What does this mean for us? How does this affect us? What's the remedy for this condition? Today, we begin looking at what it means to be dead in sins, and we will ultimately see that the only remedy for us is the sovereign work of God in regenerating us as his people. I hope you'll join us today and tomorrow for this sermon. But first, we have a song selection today that we hope you enjoy. And after the song, please stay tuned for the message.
chapter 2 of Ephesians at verse 1 we read and you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins now, I want to stop right there and I want to point out that this is where we were look at where we were he said you speaking to these Ephesians there were dead but have now been quickened now, who is he talking to? He's talking to, if you go back to chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul the Apostle of, Christ, of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. 
If you're here this morning as a saint, now we're not talking about some super Christian that can do miracles. That's not what a saint is. A saint is just someone who's been set apart. That's someone who's been quickened and made alive, who is... Uh, heart has been tendered to the, uh, to the things of God, whereas before it was a cold, dead, stony heart. And he says to the faithful in Christ Jesus, he says, I'm writing to those of you who are children of God, those who have been born of the Spirit, who are now not only have been born again, but are also faithful. You're seeking to serve God in the right way. Now, he brings us down, he talks about several things that we'll probably go to here in the first chapter, but in the second chapter, he reminds them where they were. He said, now you, I'm talking to you faithful Christians, I'm talking to you who are saints. He says, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. That word dead there in Greek is the Greek word nekros, which you can think about some of the things that uh, the, the, the prefix necro is, is, is appended to. Uh, uh, you know, when, a, when an animal uh, dies, they do a necropsy because, you know, an, a human is an autopsy. But uh, uh, sometimes if you want to find out what's going on, and, and what that is, it's operating on the dead. And that word necros there, that word in Greek means destitute of life or inanimate. It goes back to a similar word in Hebrew that we find over in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, which, by the way, tells us about how we got into this condition. Because if you read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, you'll find that Adam was not dead in trespasses and in sins. He had a vital uh, fellowship with God. In fact, there were times when God spoke face to face to Adam. You know, if God spoke face to face to us right now, we would be disintegrated. He told Moses, you cannot see me and live. And in fact, if you remember, Moses had that time when he said, I want to see you in your glory, Lord. And he, he said, you can't do that, but I'll let you see my hinder parts. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock and you can see my hinder parts as I pass by. And even that was so glorious that it caused Moses' face to shine so brightly that the people around him couldn't stand it. He had to veil his face. Just That's the backside of God, just to put it in modern terms. And just seeing the backside of God's glory was too much, really, for Moses. But Adam could meet with him in the garden. He could talk with him in the garden. And he said, Adam, there's one thing that you can't do. There's one rule I have, one law, and it is there's a tree in the midst of this garden that's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you can't eat of that tree. Now, I didn't really complete that statement, did I? Because that's not all he said. Now, that's what the devil pointed out to him, out to Eve. He said, God said, you can't eat of every tree. Well, God didn't say that. If you go back and read it, God said, you can eat of every tree. God gave him more than he prevented him from having. You know, that's the way it is with God. He always gives us hundredsfold more than what he says that we ought to avoid. But we always only focus on what we ought to avoid, right? That's what the devil will do to you. He did it to Eve. He said, God said, you can't eat of every tree. God said, you can't eat of every tree except this one. I've told you the story before about when I was learning, to, you know, able to drive and going to college eventually. Uh, you know, Daddy would say, now, you can go anywhere you want to in Tuscaloosa. Just don't go down there to this place. 
well, where's the first place my car wanted to take me? Right down to that place, right? Because, well, Daddy didn't want me to go here. No, well, you know, God said, Daddy said you could go anywhere. <laughs> Everywhere you wanted to go. You know, you could eat at any, any restaurant. You can go, but just stay out of this place. And yet that's what I heard was, no, you can't. When God said, yes, you can, just not this place. And by the way, if God has a rule, if God has a law, if he has a moral commandment, it's for your good, child of God. It's for your good. He's telling us things that when he says thou shalt not, it's to keep us from something that would be bad for us, you see. But notice what he said. He said, in the day you eat thereof, he didn't say you'll get a little sick, you'll, 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 you'll get pretty close to death, but maybe you can fan the flame and nurse it back. No, he said, in the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Death is defined as that which has ceased to live. I have an Oxford English Dictionary from back when the Oxford English Dictionaries used to use Bible examples to show us what these words mean. And it says that death is that state in which the vital functions and powers have come to an end and cannot be restored. It's it means destitute of life or energy, and they even define it as destitute of spiritual life or, in, or energy. In Old English, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, it means inoperative or without animation. And here's the definition that I read uh, along with that, and it was referring specifically to a ball in a game like tennis or football or or baseball and of a ball it means out of play so so think about it this way dead means that you are without the capacity to operate or function within a particular realm where life otherwise exists you are out of play <laughs> you're out of play you see that's what he says we were. He says, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Now, now, what does this mean to be dead in trespasses and in sins? What are some characteristics of death? Well, first of all, the dead, as we've already said, cannot exercise any action within the realm to which they are dead. Notice in verse 2 and 3 here of Ephesians 2, there's some activity going on in the person's physical life, in the physical realm, but notice what the spiritual side is caught up with something other than godliness. Wherein in time past, that means in your deadness and trespassing sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. I've looked at the course of this world. I think we see the course of this world today, don't we? It's more manifest than ever. That's where the dead man spiritually walks. That's where my spirit, my, that's where my, uh, my Adamic nature, you know, we don't get, the, the, the spiritual nature does not automatically, it doesn't replace the Adam nature. The Adam nature is still in us. The Adam nature is still uh, struggling against that which God would have us to do. We are, we are bipolar in a sense. We have two natures fighting against each other once we're born again, you see. And, and, and that old nature of mine still longs for the course of this world. But the course of this world that I see is going downhill faster and faster and faster. 
According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There is a prince of the power of the air in this world. Now, I, I'm like you, I'm sure. I get aggravated at what I see in politics today. I get aggravated when ungodly men and women are in control and they're taking us down a path where you can't even figure out who's a boy and who's a girl anymore. And you're making that, not just, not just proposing that as something for discussion, but making it public policy. I get very upset and angry when I read about the millions of babies that have been aborted over the past 50 years. And even though our Supreme Court has overturned that, has overturned Roe versus Wade, which upheld abortion nationwide, that didn't end it in the nation. There's still states that are as wide open as ever, if not more wide open. I read about some companies out in California and other places, even some in Texas and places like that, that will pay their employees' expenses if they want to get an abortion to go to some other state. The course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, is driving the course of this world. The prince of the power of the air, just to let you in on a little secret, it's not the prince of peace. It's Satan himself. Satan himself is driving the course of this world. He is, the, he is the lion that we read about that is going to and fro across this world seeking whom he may devour. And beloved, don't you think for a minute he can't devour you. I know he can't take you eternally out of the hands of God, but he can take you out of the house of God. He can take you out of the fellowship of those that are serving God. He can take you into a place you don't want to go. You don't believe me. There's a prodigal son in heaven that you can talk to one day. That prodigal son was living in the, in the sweetness and the bounty of his father's house. He was there uh, in, in, as living as a king's son. There in his father's house. And the servants were, were, were even taken care of. And we're told they fared sumptuously every day. He wanted the party of the world. He wanted the course of this world. Now listen, let me just say this to you. That's not a story about him going down to the pig pen and getting born again. He was already a child of his father. He was already enjoying the bounty of the kingdom. That's what can happen to you and me, child of God. We can enjoy the bounty of the kingdom one day, but we can let that prince of the power of the air draw us away. And the next thing you know, we wake up and we look around us and there's hogs all around. And the only food we have is what they're eating. And that's what he saw there. That's where he got to there. He got down into the pig pen of life. Because he sought the parties of the prince of the power of the air. That's what our old nature longs for. That's where we are by nature. He says, among whom also we all. Wait a minute. I thought I was better than that. I got news for you, child of God. You're not any better than that. None of us are better than that. We all. You mean, preacher, you're telling me that even you, you're a preacher. You're our pastor. <laughs> Surely you're better than this. Beloved, I got to tell you that what I know about me makes me believe I'm the worst of all of us here. I, I, I get what Paul said when he said, I'm the less, I am less than the least of all saints. And you know, it got even worse than that for Paul. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I, I always have said, I just believe Paul didn't know me. <laughs> but, but I know what he was saying there, he was inspired to say. He was the chiefest of sinners. 
we all had our conversation or our lifestyle in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Notice there, there's a lot of activity going on. These people that he's talking about here, which include all of us at one point in our lives, are active, we're walking, we're living, we're having our conversation, we're fulfilling some things. There's activity, but the activity is just not in the realm of the Spirit, you see. Because these people that he's talking about here are dead in trespasses and in sins. And none of what they're doing is pleasing to God. You know, there's even things we can do that are good in and of themselves. But, you know, I have a friend who is in a different denomination. But that, that particular denomination teaches that, that the way you get to heaven is you've got to do more good works than bad works. You've got to have more righteous works than unrighteous works. One day you'll get to the throne room of God and he'll weigh it out and he'll say, okay, you know, as he puts them on the scale, uh, Mr. So-and-so, you made it and you didn't. There's only one problem I've got with that and that is that if that's the way it works, then that judge is never going to say you made it. He's only going to ever say you didn't meet the mark. Because you see, in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6, this is what Isaiah says about all of us. Not just, Isaiah didn't say you, he said we. But we all are as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. He said that those righteousnesses that you think you can pile up before God to get yourself good enough to get to heaven, he said they're like filthy rags. And you know, I, I've, I know I've shared this with you many times, but uh, uh, when I lived by myself in my apartment over in Tuscaloosa, uh, I was not known for, uh, uh, for, for washing clothes. Let's just put it that way. I just, I was, uh, I, we didn't even have a washing machine there. And uh, so, so my mother was my uh, clothes washer. And, and, and my, my job, you know, I really, as they say, you had one job. Well, my one main job every week was to pile up the clothes and bring them home. And I'd forget, you know, I'd forget. I'd have them piled up over there and it'd run over the back, basket or whatever. And then I'd forget another week. And finally, Mama would come over there <laughs> occasionally. And I, I, I didn't do this all the time. Let me just say, defend myself a little bit. I didn't do it all the time. But, but there were times when Mama would come over there after three or four weeks had passed. She said, I'm coming to get your clothes. You know, I guess if I was doing it today, I'd make our kids learn how to wash clothes. But anyway, that's another story. But Mama didn't do that to me. She said, I'm coming to get your clothes. And invariably, when she'd go in there to start pulling those clothes out. Now listen, I'm not a nasty person, okay? I'm a fairly clean person. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about getting out and rolling around in the mud and, and doing things that I should, you know. I, I just would take my clothes that I'd worn for a day and I'd put them in a... Well, next thing you know, she'd go in there and every time she'd go in there, she'd say, Ew! This stinks. What is, you need to quit doing, you know, because it was a pile of filthy clothes, you see. 
And, and so, so my point is this. You say, well, I've got a bunch of righteousnesses to, to, to pile up before God. I've got a bunch of good works that I can lay down on that scale of justice one day. But you know what you've got? You've got a pile of stinking, filthy clothes. That's what you have. You know, it doesn't help when you have one filthy rag to put another one on top of it. That doesn't help things. That doesn't make things better. It makes it worse. And all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You say, well, I've done some good things. I'm sure you have because I know I have. I've done some things that are good, but the problem is there's always that little element, always just that little something in my motives, in my impulses, in my mind, in my thinking, in my heart that's tainted by sin. I don't want to belabor it because I've shared this with y'all recently. But, you know, I've done some things that were good things that I hadn't told anybody about. <laughs> but, boy, I wish you knew about it. <laughs> you know, I got, that, I got that in my heart. I want you to know about it. I, I want you to know how good I am. But, but my point is this, is that when we, it's, my point is not that we shouldn't do good works. We should. But my point is, is we cannot rely on those good works to get us to heaven. Because all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. My brother that I was telling you about, he struggles with it. He said, I just hope I've done enough to make up for what I did when I was, when I was a young man. But I got news for you. We're dead in trespasses and in sins. And the dead, dead means dead. None of that works. The dead cannot exercise any action that's pleasing to God within that realm. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.